Sun on Friday to appreciate God for taking us through to the second half of this year. We bless his holy name. Is God not good? Is God not good? I'm asking you, is God not good? God is a very good God. Um, I'm believing God for help, as he does always. We started series of preaching on the knowledge of God exactly on the 25th day of April. On the 25th day of April, we started a teaching about who is God. How can I know God? Does coming to church makes a man to know God? And we look at several examples. I will ask questions. By the special grace of God, I want to, if I can, to bring you into remembrance some of the things that you have had. That there were too many in the scriptures, Moses and Paul, who had a great journey experience with God. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 11 to 13, you have, you have focused your light so much and you are blinding my face, my eyes. Can you shift the light somewhere if it is for the purpose of your recording? This is for the purpose of your recording a little bit. Verse 11 to 13, the Bible says God spoke or speaks mouth to mouth, mouth to mouth. Just like you are hearing me, Moses was hearing God like that, mouth to mouth. And you see it, as a man speaks to his friend. And the Bible says, thereafter, Moses said to God, God, who are you? I don't know you. Can you let me see your face? Can you show yourself to me? And God laughed. And God said, my glory will go with you. My presence will go with you. And Moses said, ah, what is, that? What is the meaning of that? If your presence does not go with me, I'm not even going to move an inch. That one is already guaranteed. But I want to know you. I want to know whom you are. And God said, I will show my glory to you. And God gave him everything that he needed to hear. But Moses was not satisfied. This was somebody who, was, who carried God to Egypt. Who saw the wonders by the side of the Red Sea. Who was hearing God mouth to mouth. 
And when in Numbers chapter 11, when they rebelled against Moses, and God was looking down from heaven, and God saw the rebellion of the people against Moses, God came down and said, you don't know whom you are rebelling against, my servant Moses. I don't appear to him in a dream like I appear to everybody. I speak to him in the way and manner in which he understands me. And you have the courage to rise up against Moses. And then God said, of course, he came and delivered judgment. That is Moses. Uh, that the uh, that the one who just omitted the, the, the focus, the very important point when you are reading the Bible. Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, he read from verse 11, but he should have paid it from verse 10. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Look at what Paul said that I may know him. This is Paul, who had an encounter with God and the power of his resurrection. If Paul and Moses are saying they don't know God, then where are we? And I'm sure you know, Paul is the author of so many epistles in the Bible. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Philippians, James, or Colossians. Timothy, and all, and all, and all. So, he said they don't know. So, that puts us on question ground. So, then we try as much as possible that coming to church, attendance on Sunday services is not a, is not sufficient evidence that a man knows God. The true knowledge of God is for the heart of a man to pant after God. According to Psalms 42 verse 1 and 2 As the deer longed after water so my heart longed after thee. I hunger for you I tax for you. I want to see you. Ecclesiastics, I'm still summarizing. Jeremiah and Ecclesiastes tells us the conclusion of the matter. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13 to 14, that the whole essence of man is to have an understanding or whom God is. Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 23 to 24 tells us that don't let any man boast of I own the whole of Lagos State, I own the whole of Port Harcourt, I am the owner of Abuja, I own the entire Nigeria. No, that is meaningless. That is nothing. Empty you come empty you will go. You will not go with anything. The way you come is the way you will go. So Jeremiah therefore said, 
Let any man who wants to boast, boast in this, that he had the knowledge of God. And so, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, the Bible says that we only behold God like beholding him in a glass. And he goes from one level of glory to another. So, as what Moses knew of God in Egypt was what he was what was not what he knew of God by the side of the Red Sea. What he saw in Egypt was not what he saw by the side of the Red Sea. So the Bible therefore says the ways of God is so deep and they are past finding out. When you think you know him, God reveals himself to you in another dimension. And so we went on to say, looking at Paul's experience, Peter's experience, Moses' experience. And we said, why do we, why, why don't we know God? Why do we not know God? And I remember in one of the services, we said we do not reciprocate the love of God. That how can God have only one son? And he gave his only begotten son unto us. What kind, what manner of love is that? That we don't even understand the love of God for our lives. That we don't give back to God the kind of love that he loved us. The books of Jeremiah says he has, he has loved us with an everlasting love. And with loving kindness, he has drawn us. So we went on to look at other people in the scriptures. And the second part was our Thanksgiving Sunday. We questioned our attitude to God. In terms of giving, and then we celebrated God through David. What David, how God related to David. How Solomon offered thousands and thousands unto God. We ended that Sunday. And we moved on to May. On the 9th of May, we continued the ministration on our understanding whom God is. And we open up by saying in 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 2 that if any man thinks he knows anything at all, let him be told that he knows nothing. If any man thinks that he knows anything, let him also be told he does not know as he ought to know. What does that mean for us? The quest for the knowledge of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9 to 10, 
The Bible tells us, 1 Corinthians 9, 13, 9 to 10, God tells us, therefore, that we only know in part. And we do not know sufficiently as we ought to. We now want to look at the knowledge of God in terms of his sovereign power over our life. And we say, God, who created us at his pleasure? Who created us at his pleasure for his own purpose? Also can have our life at any time. And we look at Psalms 39 verse 4 to 6. That our life is in the hands of God. How you and me were saved. How you and me were saved. It's only in the counsel of God. Out of our family. Because you and me are not the only members of our family. Yet, we have come to have understanding of whom God is. Our salvation. And we cannot understand why, how. And then we look at this experience of Apostle Paul. How Apostle Paul was an enemy, number one of God. Number one enemy. And yet God saved his soul. In Acts chapter 9, he encountered God. And God said he has a plan and purpose for his life. We went on to look at mercy. That the way God operates in his mercy is difficult to understand. That he will show mercy unto some. Some will not be able to have the text of mercy. That mercy is determined by God alone. So nobody can claim he qualifies for it. But you keep on begging, pleading with God to show mercy unto you. We look at the case of Jacob and Esau. While they were still in the womb. We look at the case of Ahab and David. How David escaped judgment. Even though he committed more atrocities than King Saul. We look at how God said he created failure for destruction. For the purpose of just destroying him, he created him. And so we cannot understand how mercy operates. We see people who are involved in a ghastly motor accident. Others die. And yet we see one escape out of it. A man came to see me sometimes early this year. The vehicle, he went to do a burial in Abuja. On his way back, the vehicle was involved in an accident. Tumbled several times. I think about eight people died in the accident according to him. He lost, he lost one of his children and so if I could recall what he said very well. The vehicle tumbled and rested on him. And by the time when they came 
Nobody could explain how he survived. That is mercy. So, talking about whom God is, in terms of mercy, he makes some to honor, vessel of honor, he makes some to vessel of dishonor. And we wonder how Judas is character escaped mercy because he was created to be destroyed. So why would God create some people for honor and some for destruction? All this I have been taught to you. And we ended part four, part three of that discussion and we prayed. And we started part four. Part four of that discussion still continue with who is God. And we wanted to know excuse me, part, part three. No, part four. Part four. So, we saw the power of God in part four. The power that cannot be queried. And we saw how he used his power to destroy the firstborn in Egypt and created a Goshen for other people in the same land. We saw how the power of God can make a man to sleep and not to wake up. And yet, no one could query him. When with the confusion that we had, why God, why is, the, why is it like this? And God answered us back in Isaiah 45. If you can let me have it on the board. Isaiah 45, verse 7 to 9. In Psalms 115, verse 3, earlier on God said, I do as I please, and nobody can query me. So, in Isaiah 45, verse 7 to 9, God said, I form the light, and I create darkness. I make peace and I create evil. I, the Lord, I do these things. Verse 8. Drop down, ye heavens, from above and let the sky pour down righteousness. Let the earth open and let them bring forth salvation and let the righteousness spring up even as the Lord has created it. So God Said in verse 9. So who, are, who, is the, who is that pot? Who is the clay in the hands of a potter who will argue with the potter? God said, therefore, 
Anyone who strives to his maker won to him. How can a Porsche strive with the Porsche of the earth? Shall the clay say to the him, to him that fashioned it, Why do you make me like this? How and why do you fashion me like this? Can't you see God? It will make some people to be tall. It will make some people to be short. It will make some people to, to be fat. It will make some people to be very thin. He said, I create everything. I create them the way that I want to create them. I'm still talking about God. I want to talk to you today about Jesus Christ. I might be spending the next 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but we would, as you are aware, we will stop where it's convenient. So it was on the Sunday. On a Sunday like this, some people who have been talking about God We want to see how deep the wisdom of God is. The Jews said, no, we don't want to, we, we are not talking about the knowledge of him. Let him show a sign that he is God. So, one day, some philosophers came to church. Philosophers. They came to church. When they got to church, they decided that they needed to see him. Philip and Andrew took them to Jesus. When they saw Jesus, it was what Jesus said to them that shocked me. And that for anyone who comes to church, who claims he knows God, is the starting point of our question. So in John chapter 12, we want to read from Acts 21. John 12, verse 21. And we are reading to verse 25. Let's go to verse 20. And there were certain Greeks amongst them that came up to do what? To worship. They came to worship. Just like you have come to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida and of Galilee, 
and desired him, saying, Sir, can you take us to Jesus? We want to see Jesus. Please read the Bible with me. Philips, don't forget where they are coming from. They were Greeks. And Philip cometh and telleth, or let's put it in our mother language. Philip came and told Andrew. And Andrew and Philip told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, Who are they? They said they are Greeks. All right. And Jesus responded, The hour has come. That the Son of Man should be glorified. The hour at long last has come. Today your hour has come. Verily, verily, look at what he says with emphasis. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of which fall to the ground and die, it abided alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. Can you understand this? You love your life. And God said, because you love your life, you are going to lose it. What a contradiction. And he that hates his life. You can see why I say I don't understand God. How can you hate your life? He that hates his life in this world. Shall keep it for life eternal. So who are those who came to see Jesus? According to 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 1. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 to 24, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 to 24. Where is the wise? I'm reading from Acts 20 now. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world arguing about God? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world Has no God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom can never know God. Come on. Now I'm coming close to you. Because it's getting interesting. 
professors, doctors, academicians, philosophers who read, who are lettered, who are not illiterate by much learning, in actual fact, when Apostle Paul was trying to win Agrippa, Agrippa said to Paul, he said, by too much knowledge, it's like you are running mad. You are trying to convert me to Jesus? You want to teach me how to read the Bible? Apostle Paul said, how I wish I can. By too much knowledge, by the wisdom, in other words, you are trying to understand God by the knowledge of your education. You will get it wrong. You will not know him. Because a man who does not go to school at all, God can open his mouth to read the Bible like a professor. So, take that scripture back for me, where we are. So, by knowledge, by wisdom that God has made foolish, the foolishness, the Bible says the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. So, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. The foolishness, you know, I'm, I'm preaching foolishness now. Foolishness of preaching Jesus. That he died on the cross. That is your savior. That he died and he, may, he became poor that you may be rich. And that he gave his, his life so that you may be saved. The foolishness of preaching. The Bible says... Through that foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And you will see it in a moment. So when the Greeks came to Jesus, they have something as their ulterior motives. They want to find out who Jesus was. And that was the reason why Jesus reacted to them. Why? The next verse, verse 22. For the Jews, they require a sign. So when Jesus entered Jerusalem on that day, and the disciples who have seen the works of God, when you read Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 5, Read it from verse 27. Don't bring it up. They can read it later on on their own. Because that will, direct, that will divert my attention. The Bible says, as Jesus was approaching Jerusalem, they saw his walk. And they began to say, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And they were praising him. 
Jesus entered the temple. How can they proclaim this man, who we know is from Nazareth, as the king of the Jews? How possible? It's not possible. And you all remember what Nathaniel said. When Phillips, or was it Phillips or Andrew, who got to Nathaniel and said, Nathaniel, we have seen the Messiah, the king of the Jews. Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So the king of the Jews. So the Jews are asking for a sign. Let us see the sign that you are the son of God. And Jesus left a message for them. Oh, oh, you are looking for a sign. No sign will be given unto you other than the sign of Jonah. A woe and an adult generation is looking for a sign. For the son of man, there is no sign that will be given unto them other than the son of Jonah. As Jonah was swallowed in the belly of the fish three days, so shall the son of man be in the earth and after three days he will resurrect. So, sign. And Jesus left a word for them in Jerusalem. He said, I'm leaving you in your problem. And you will not hear about me until the day when you hear, blessed is he that come in the name of the Lord. Said, I leave your city left for you desolate. I abandon you. So the Jews, looking for a sign. Go to Davos. And the Greeks... The Greeks are the ones that came to church today. Seek after wisdom. Now, so they came to Jesus and look at the wisdom of Jesus to them. Don't forget, John chapter 12 is our text message. When they came, they took them to Jesus. But I want, I'm telling you whom they are. The character, the background, the personality of the people who came to church on that day. So, let's go to Acts 23. But we preach Jesus. We preach Christ crucified unto the Jews who are asking for a sign that Jesus will be a stumbling block unto them. Unto the Jews. I was in Israel the other November, over a year ago. And I told you I was preaching to an Israeli. He said, I come to preach Jesus to them. Jesus is not their king. You. Jesus. They don't know Jesus. It's not their Messiah. In Israel. In Israel. A stumbling block. And to the Greek that came, what is Jesus to them? What is Jesus to them? Foolishness. And now you will now see the foolishness demonstrated in the word of the master. So when they appear 
to him when they appear to Jesus when they maybe four or five of them Jesus said the hour has come the philosophers has come he said except a grain of wheat fall and die excuse me sir you go to somebody's house to go and visit what must the person do to you welcome you with an open hand why should he be deaf to welcome somebody who is looking for you what kind of expectation is that what kind of god is that you want to see me if you want to see me you have to die first and number one lesson you have to learn today is that you can only be a christian through death by living you can never be a Christian if you have never tasted death. And you can only be a genuine Christian when you die and you live. The book of Romans tells us, I think Romans chapter 6, Romans chapter 8. The Bible says we were buried with him in baptism symbolically and when we get out of water we also resurrect with him so anybody who comes to church the first lesson you need to learn you must be knocking at the door i want to see a man that dwells in this house i want to encounter him when he welcomes you into his presence. He now begins to talk to your heart. We say, brother, sister, you come to see me, you have to die. Why death? Why? You can't see me in the way you are. You remember what he told Moses? When Moses was saying, God, 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 let me see you. God said, ah, Moses, if you see me, it will be too much. I will only just show you a little bit of my backside. If you can see it, that will be sufficient. Yet, I will use my hand to cover it because my glory will consume you. And I told you, I remember I told you the last time I was ministering to you on this issue. I said that little backside that Moses saw was not sufficient to take Moses to the promised land. And that is, that is serious. So why do you come to church today? Attempt to know him. So when he said die, living by dying, the books of Ephesians tells us, maybe we should go and read it. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's read from verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's read from verse 17. This I say, therefore, and I testify in the Lord that henceforth, if you come to God, henceforth, walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanities of their mind. The mind of man is full of vanities. Is full of filthiness. 
Some of us, I was, I was meditating during the week. Some of us, who, who, who is praying, praying seriously, praying seriously that God will take you out of Nigeria. You want to go to America. You want to go to Europe. You want to go to this. God may not answer that prayers. You know why God may not answer? If God sees that you will get there and get lost, he may never answer the question. The vanities of life. If God knows that you are going to lose your Christianity and your soul, he may never answer the question. As beautiful as those places are. Don't take this thing away. I need this picture, not my picture. I need, I need, yes. Having the other, their understanding darkened, be alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, hold on there. Let me go back to the Jews and the Greek. Apostle Paul said, I will come back to this scripture. Apostle Paul said concerning the Jews, he said, my prayer continually for the Jews, the Jews, the firstborn of God, to whom this gospel has been handed. In Romans chapter 10 verse 1, Romans chapter 10 verse 1, he said, I pray every day that Israel, the Jews, have, Romans chapter 10, Verse 1. My brethren, my heart desire and prayer to God for Israel is this, that they may be what? They may be saved. They're talking about Israel. You know the reason why? Isaiah 65. Let me have Isaiah 65. Verse 1 to 3. Isaiah 65. Verse 1 to 3. I am short of them that ask not for me. I am fond of them that sought me not. I say, behold me, behold me, behold me unto a nation. That was not called by my name. And you will see what God says. In verse 2. He said, I have spread my hand all day long. So when the Greeks came to Jesus, Jesus said, the appointed hour that I've been waiting for has come. He said, when the Son of Man will be glorified. Why was the Son of Man to be glorified? It's not only to be glorified in him, it's to be glorified in them who were seeking wisdom to know God. Go back to, go back to Romans chapter 10. I want verse 2. I want to read it to verse 3. For I bear them record that they have a seal. They come to church. They appear to love God, but not according to knowledge. You will remember when I was preaching, 
to you a moment ago, First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 to 23, that the, pre- the foolishness of preaching, maybe we didn't finish reading it, that Jesus is the wisdom and the power of God. So, the, the wisdom that the Greeks are actually looking for are embedded in Jesus Christ. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the word by wisdom knew not God. He pleased God by the go to the next verse, not this particular one. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. But unto them which are called Jews and so, aha. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and what? The wisdom of God. So, you know what the Jews are looking for? They are looking for science, power. The Greeks are looking for what? Wisdom. The foolishness of your accepting that Jesus is the son of God is embedded in the fact of that wisdom and power and the wisdom of God that they are looking for, that you already have. Through the foolishness of the preaching of the cross. So, it was on the basis of that that Apostle Paul said, ah, my heart desire so that these people will not be lost. I was praying for them. So, God said, I have stretched my hands all day long. How can a person come to church and end up in hell. What I'm preaching to you is this. I was in the Kurudu preaching like this about 20 years ago. And God opened my eyes in the congregation. I think I had a congregation about 1,005. More than this, almost twice as this. And God opened my eyes to see that less than 1% of that church members are candidates of heaven. And my burden in the course of ministration, I said, what? God, you mean we are not heaven conscious or we are not ready to go to heaven? You know, people just come to church. What they, you know what they come to do in church? They come to mark register. They come to show that they are members of Redeem. They come to show that we are, we are one of them. The power, the demand of a genuine Christian, they deny. So Jesus now said, okay, if you want to see me, if you come to worship, the first thing that must happen to you is that you must die. That's where we're going. And that led us to Ephesians chapter 4. So what must, why must you die? Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. We have read this. Having their understanding that can go to the next verse. Who be past feelings have given themselves unto lasciviousness 
to walk on cleanliness with greediness. Lasciviousness with greediness. I don't know whether you know that money can never satisfy a man. No material possession that anybody has can ever please him. The Bible says, as the grave can never be satisfied, so are the eyes of men. And yet men don't take this to heart. And they live as if they will not leave this world. Verse 20. I have a long way to go. Please, verse 20. Time is running. But you must not... But ye have not learned Christ to be so. So, what have we learned about God? About Christ? So, verse 21. Now, keep on running for me, please. If so be that you have heard him, if so be that you have been coming to church and you have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, can you see this verse? If so be that you have heard him and you have been taught by Jesus, whom you have been coming here to see, then, then, you put off concerning the former conversation. The old man, what you used to be in, what you were like before you ever accepted Jesus or you come to church. That man, that woman, corrupt, deceitful. Those were the things that Jesus said must die. So when they came and said, Jesus, what kind of wisdom is yours? Said, what kind of wisdom? Jesus said, all right. And said a grain of wheat, fall to the ground and die. And I will give you a good example. Mama, please, you must not sleep. Do you remember the rich man who came to Jesus in Mark chapter 10. The man said, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, all right. Do you pay your tithe? He said, I pay my tithe. I give. I come to Jesus. I come to church. I worship. I give my offering. I attend Sunday school. This and that. Jesus said, ah, okay. Oh. What? Is there any other thing? Jesus asked Jesus asked, Jesus just got, went to heaven immediately. Asked the father, help me check the record of this man. Help me check the record. And when they check the record of the man, I love the way the Bible puts it. The Bible says Jesus looked at the man and loved him. He looked at him and loved him. And Jesus said, only one thing is left in your life. Only one thing. And that one thing, if you can deal with it, then you can make it to heaven. Jesus said, go and sell some of the things you have. Go and distribute them and follow me. Ah. 
That was the response of the, the man said, Inyeti Poju. You know what the man did? We didn't read about that man in the Bible again. The Bible says he left sorrowful. I'm your pastor. It is not likely that you will like my messages. I will preach message of comfort to you. And I will preach message that will prick your conscience and your tongue, a tongue in your flesh. You can't come to church and be laughing back home. Every day, church is a clinic. You know what is happening these days? People sleep and they don't wake up. And just, eh? Like that? Trumpet is sounding. adjustment of your life and the whole essence of your coming to church is readiness to see Jesus anytime anytime any day anytime and so Ephesians chapter so it now goes on to say you must renew the spirit of your mind and he gave us some things you must leave. I want to read them because they are up to verse 31. I don't want to just jump. I may not in a hurry to, end, to finish the message, but I will end anywhere. And that you put on the new man, the new, a new man. The moment you come and you die, you become a new creature. All things are passed away and everything becomes new. What are those things? which are created in righteousness and true holiness. Verse 25. Wherefore, putting away what? Lying. Brother, do you know what is called lying? Do you lie? Do you still lie? If you lie, you can't go to heaven. If you lie, Lying, lying. If the if God wants to assess all of us online, I don't think ten of us who are here will survive. Am I right? If God comes today and on the basis of lying, just lying alone. We are done. We will not have 10 people. You know, lie comes in different forms, dimension. If you are saying some things inside of you, when you know it's not true, you know it that is not true. You are lying to yourself and you are lying to God. 
when you intentionally, deliberately lie, that is even a willful sin. And you know what is called lying. Lying is the opposite of the truth. The devil is the chief of all liars. That is why it's called the chief of all liars. And liars will not make it to heaven. There is a lake burning with brimstone and fire where all liars will be kept. Uh, condition of going to heaven is very sweet too. And this is why I keep talking to you that <laughs> I don't understand God. Because in the case of when the rich man came to Jesus and the disciples, after Jesus has told the man that the man went off, Peter made a statement. He said, if the condition of going is like this, who will make it? You know what Jesus said? He said, with man, it may be difficult, but with God, all things are what? Are possible. Is there anybody who does not like express road when you are driving? Is there anybody? Express road is where everybody is traveling. The fast lane. But Jesus said, you can't travel express road to heaven. You can't get there with it. So, don't lie to your neighbor. Be truthful. For we are members of one another. Mark 26, quickly. I can wrap it up here. Be ye angry. You can still be angry, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. That was why Jesus said, you will die. You must die to anger. Number seven, number 27. Neither give plagues to the devil. Is the devil that is the work of the devil. You know, it's easy to say that. Is the devil. Is the devil. God said, don't permit the devil. Receive the devil. He will do what? He will flee away from you. Verse 28. Let him that is stealing, steal no more. And I'm sure you know stealing. You can steal time. You steal material things. You steal money. You steal, you steal wisdom. You steal, you steal patient, patent things. Anybody who is stealing, don't steal again. You can't make it when you steal. Don't envy them. If they buy new cars, don't, and you don't know how they get their money, don't envy them. If they build a house in 24 hours, don't envy them. If they told you they have arrived, say you are just starting your own journey. Don't envy them. Live on the basis of the person who saved you. Don't join the multitude. Don't. Working with your own hands the things which is good that he may give to him that needeth. Verse 28. 29. Let no corrupt communication. Jesting. I was dancing like a madman here on Friday. You can't see me dance outside. I stopped dancing for the devil 
about 30 years ago. I can't dance for the devil again. If you see me here on Friday, I dance for my God like David. I don't talk anyhow. The word of your mouth will be seasoned with salt, edifying, that can bring glory to God. Don't abuse, don't cause. Let no corrupt communication. You must be dead to those lifestyles. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace, Mark 30. There is something that God gives you, and it's the Holy Spirit. is the one telling you when you lie. It's the one checking you don't go there. It's the one telling you don't do this. It's the one that is your president. Don't grieve him. By the time when you grieve him and he leaves you, that is when you begin to do the things that are not convenient, that will put you into trouble. So, as we are going home today, I want you to take home this. When Jesus said, I want to see Jesus. Number one thing, when you see Jesus, you must be dead to yourself. Number two, and when you are dead to yourself, you resurrect in power and glory. Anybody who is not a Christian, don't let them deceive you. When I formed my partnership, my law firm, in 1989, I was, we were in a partnership with someone before, we dissolved it, I formed this partnership, suddenly I became born again. And not just that I became born again, I became a worker in the church. Ha! <sighs> and the Almighty God begins to show me something that I don't know. It was like a new, a, totally a new person came into me. My partner. Each time when I go to the office, I would just bow now. He would be asking me, Is there any problem? I say, No problem. Meanwhile, I was crying. How am I going to end this relationship? Because I knew the life that we lived. I have changed. But he has not changed. And he continued his life. It got to a time. It was like I was being punished every time I come to church. Punishment. I couldn't, it was like I was going to commit suicide. When I would think that I have overcome, when I come to church, new things will happen again. I say, what? There is nowhere to escape. I call my friend. I said, I'm sorry. I am a principal person in this partnership. You are also a part of it. I want to end this relationship. I said, what? I want to end he said, why? Then I'm born again. 
Those things we used to do, I'm not doing them again. Take anything you want. Anything. I'm ready to start afresh. And my friend foolishly accepted that statement. And he took the best of the relationship. The best. When I mean the best, everything that is the best of that relationship. There is nothing you have that will last forever. After a while, everything went. Regrettably, I'm talking to you, regrettably, up to this moment, 1899 is how many years ago? 22? 32 years. Is still where I left him 32 years ago. Christ. The foolishness of preaching. The wisdom and the power of God. So, it was not surprising. When they came to Jesus, he said, Oh, you want to see me? The appointed time I've been waiting for has come. Your appointed time came today. Amen. I want you to be on your feet. And I want you to pray. I want you to pray. You know what above me? You know what above me? There is nothing an unregenerated heart cannot do. There is nothing. Listen. Open your ears and listen to me. There is nothing a heart that is not born again cannot do. By the time when you get, got to the peak with the person that I am talking about, he was going to bed with the, with the wife of his best friend. And I knew it. And I said, no. A Christian cannot see that and survive. This is my wife. And I have a friend that visits my house and is sleeping with my wife that we are called friends. That is what an ungenerated heart can do. That kind of heart, where is it going? Hellfire. So Jesus said, if you come to church, the first experience you must have in church is that you must do what? You must do what? You must do what? Are you afraid to say it? You must die. You must die. Okay. First Corinthians 15, 31. Give it to me. Give it to me. Let me back it up with the word of God. 
First Corinthians 15, 31. That's where we'll end it today, and then we'll pick it up from next week. I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many days do I die? Every day. If you don't die every day, you can't make it to heaven. You examine your body, your life, your work, your every day. You die every day. Somebody brings you money and you don't know the, and you receive it and you just receive it. Ah. <clears throat> when the judgment is coming, it's coming upon the two of you. I die every day. That is the life of a Christian. So when eventually the last death will come, you will not be afraid. Lift up your voice as you close your eyes, Father. Don't let me miss it. Open your mouth and pray. The choice is yours now to pray or not to pray. Father, don't let me miss it. Don't let me miss it. Let me die every day. Let me die every day. You remember the wisdom of Jesus? Is that if you love your life, you will lose it. If you hate your life, you will get it. Let me die every day. Every day. Every day. Let me die every day. Die to unrighteousness. Die to everything that is contrary to your will. Let me die every day. Let me die every day. Let me die every day. Thank you so much, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Finally, I ask you a question. I made a promise before leaving home on Friday to one of my niece, and I said, before the day is over, I will do something for you. So I was here throughout. Apparently, I forgot. But thank God she, she, she called me back and said, I'm still expecting what you said. I said, I'm sorry. I am in church. I'm having a meeting now, and I will do it right now, immediately after. I noted it down. Your promise is a debt. When you make a promise to a person, it's better you don't make a promise when you know you cannot do what? You cannot fulfill it. You must be a genuine Christian. You are going to lift up your voice and say, Father, if you examine me now, anything that is wrong in my life, please, Father, by your power, remove it. Anything that is wrong in my life, as you examine me now, anything that is wrong in my life, Father, please remove it. Everything, anything wrong in my life, Father, remove it. Remove it. Wrong.
in my life. Remove it, Lord. Remove it, Lord. Jesus, thank you. We bless your name and worship you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you so much, most high God. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. I have told you several times my story. And I'm not ashamed to tell you, as long as it will help you, I was once like somebody who is in this church today, just like Apostle Paul. I'm not ashamed how God redeemed my soul from hellfire. I'm not ashamed at all. As I can stand to preach. So, of all sinners, I was the worst of all sinners. But today, I am redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ who loved me. So, if somebody is here and you are not born again, you know yourself you are not born again, why are you ashamed? You don't even need to close your eyes. All the things we talked about, you know that, ah, I'm still doing this thing though. I want God to help me is there any shame in that? No shame. Committing fornication. There is no shame. Is that because I don't know? No shame. There is no shame. No shame. Honestly, no shame. Do you even know that the Bible says if a man steals and is not caught? <laughs> It's only when he's not caught. But only when he's caught, he's in trouble. So if you steal, and you have heard that it's not good to steal, then you stop. So that is why I'm going to ask you, to beg you, that if there's anybody here who is not born again, anywhere you are, you know, to be born again is just to say, Jesus, I want to in my life. That is all. That is what it means to be born again. It's not by coming to church. It's not by marking register. I just want to look. I want to change. I want to change. A change. That's what it means to be born again. So if there's anybody like that that you need, we should pray for you. Please, wherever you are, can you just raise up and then we'll pray. I don't even want you to close your eyes. You want to say, Lord, I need help. I also want you to help me as you help my pastor, wherever you are. Where are you? Is there anyone? Anyone? You are ashamed of Jesus? There's anybody? Anyone? No one. So you are all ready to go to heaven. God is going to use this message to assess your life. Oh. Whether you are lying, you know you are lying and you refuse to repent. You are fornicating, you refuse to repent. 
you are doing this, doing that, and you refuse to repent, you are ashamed. God will tell you, I send somebody to you. Father in heaven, we want to say thank you. Thank you for a day like this. Thank you for everyone who has heard your message. We pray you will uphold us. Anything and everything that is ungodly in our life, let them die. Everything that will hinder us from making it to your kingdom, let them die. Everything that the enemy has planted in our life, let them die. Father, those things highlighted in Ephesians chapter 4, if there is anybody that is still captivated by the devil by them or with them, Father, please set them free in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, you have a recording studio in heaven. What we have said today in your name, don't let it be to our condemnation in the name of Jesus Christ. All of us who have heard, last Father, please may we make it to heaven in Jesus' name. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen. Celebrate Jesus.